Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm Dick Nunes. Hit it, Sarah! Why did he say it? We're back. He's seven feet away from the mic now. This is going to be in reference to what? I don't know. My pick of the week. Oh. And I'm real excited to talk about it. It's been jazzing me. It's been motivating me. And it's related to Disney. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> for those, those listening, don't Lose. look up who I just said. <laughs> wait for the reveal. No one is looking it up, James. Hey, I, I, I don't think you know who I am. I am the talent on the show. I know. Here's my average day, okay? I leave the house. I, I go out that front door and I'm on the streets. You know what I hear? I hear, James. there he is. Oh my God, it's the guy from Disney Dependent. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, whispers. Oh my God, it's the guy from the podcast. Are it's you sure they're not just saying like, look, he's got toilet paper hanging <laughs> out the back of his pants? Or... <laughs> uh, well, welcome back to the podcast where we talk about nothing. Occasionally bathrooms at Disneyland. Um, <laughs> we hope everyone's having a good holiday time. It can be stressful. It can be a lot. It can be lonely for people. Yeah, for sure. Dude. It can be lonely when you're surrounded by people. What is that? What's with the Christmas blues? I think it has so much to do with just like getting something in your head about the Mm, way it's supposed to be. That's it. Like the same reason that people are always let down on New Year's. Oh, right. It's like, oh, right. you picture, you know. Kissing your loved one. Well, and just it being this magical We've thing. We've watched too many stupid movies. It doesn't, yeah. Right. It, that's it right there. Ashley goes to bed at 8 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Seven, goes, six sometimes. It gets earlier every year. She goes out of full <laughs> It's the way. only day of the year I do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, Unless I'm I have a migraine. Serious. Well, if you want to come hang out with us. I might. <laughs> you oh, wait, really no. should. No, in you're Diego. in San Diego. Oh, oh, never Otherwise, I would. Okay, well, Ash, if you change your mind, you can come hang out with us. This is like the first year in a long time that I'll be doing something out in public. Mm -hmm. I'll be at a music venue. Oh, yeah. So it'll be like cool, cool stuff. Going to go see a band called Pierce the Veil. Nice. One of my business partners who he books that band. And it's going to be fun. Sweet. San Diego. San Diego. Wales for China. (laughs) Don't think that's what it means. Uh... Well, let's go around the horn and let's start with <laughs> Ashley. How are you doing? Hi, I'm here. That's, present. That's accounted good. for. You're present. And account- <laughs> are you wearing my Nine Inch Nails t-shirt? I am. I thought you I'm were. I'm getting on this whole wear a giant shirt bandwagon because are you now? it just makes me feel less fat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you live with uh, her and just realize she's wearing your clothes. I just realized. Yeah. I haven't seen her all day, to be fair. That's true. So. Yeah. There's that. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I like your your Uggs. Yes, I'm wearing Uggs with no socks because I was wearing different shoes with those little halfy pretend socks. Yeah, they and kept then, falling down. Uh, yeah, I I put these on and uh, immediately my socks were sucked into the toes of my boots. <laughs> I was like, okay. I hate that. No socks for Sarah. No socks for you. How much do you want me to start wearing Uggs? zero percent i think it's a little higher than that i mean i really floofy (laughs) okay okay now that you're selling it four and a half percent dude have you seen okay something i don't really understand is the sneaker thing like especially with young men there's a there's an obsession yeah sneakerhead that's right like i hype beast culture is what they call it well so my new thing where I get into things on in, on YouTube, yes. I've been getting into these people who are obsessed with things like that. Yeah. And there's a, there's a brand called Common Hype and it's like two or three brothers from Arizona and all they do is buy and sell sneakers, like wow. hot item sneakers. And they yeah. go to conventions around the country and they film vlogs about it. It's a whole business, it's a whole thing. And it's kind of fascinating. But anyway, some of these shoes are objectively either uninteresting or ugly yes right i totally just agree. don't get it for example there was a shoe i i don't remember the name of it but it basically looks like like the grinch mm-hmm. but a shoe <laughs> like grinch's hair green oh, God. hair and it's a nike like 
cool drop sneaker with with the Grinch's hair. And it's what, eight hundred dollars yeah, or something, something crazy? Absurd. Yeah, yeah, you can't wear it out it in It's so dope. Yeah. And they all they all say the same thing, like, no, it's I mean that's a fly sneaker. I'd never wear it. But like, yeah, you gotta own it. It's for your what? feet. Yeah. I don't get it either. I don't I have a friend who works for <laughs> Nike and he's been collecting shoes for I don't know, the last twenty five years. Josh Northcutt. Oh, okay. My friend, Northcutt, yeah. yeah. He's got like hundreds of pairs. And he doesn't wear them? Uh, he, he, does. he does wear them. Some he doesn't. So this guy know. does not wear them. He's got them in the right. original box and he's got hundreds of them in his garage. Maybe thousands. I don't know. He's got an entire wall of yeah. Nike shoe boxes. They're probably insured and like it's a whole they thing. They are. Wow. And he's got some that are signed by basketball players. That's kind of like, cool. You know, limited release kind of stuff that he said... This is this is the total like insurance plan here. This oh, it is, is a retirement plan for me. Northcott talks about it all the time. He's I mean, like he also works for Nike, so his retirement's right. probably insane. But well, that's always the joke of living here in this area in the greater Portland area. Everyone knows someone that works at Nike. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> like I know three people that work at Nike at least. Right. Or Columbia. Uh huh. Or like- Intel asking around hey does anybody have an employee pass can you get me on the list <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> go to the employee Just, store right right well um i think i hear something off in the distance just in it's 41 and sunny at not disneyland and it's 67 and sunny at disneyland that's kind of perfect here's the thing is ash wrote this when i was supposed to be here i'm guessing um it is now like it's colder 34 and dark yeah it's dark now because i forgot we were recording and i went home instead of coming here after work and I, i'm on my way sorry yeah james texted or maybe it was you mm-hmm. ash texted you still coming <laughs> i was like oh no hey buddy you still coming <laughs> hey buddy hey it happens we're all trying our i'm our shocked bestest. it doesn't happen more often i yeah, am no trying kidding. my Me best too. and what sucks is how not great that is you know what i mean <laughs> I'm trying my damnedest here. When it comes here. to the podcast? Oh, oh yeah. Heart. Killing it. Well, not just Killing the podcast. It. The podcast is just like... Oh, yeah. A representation. Life in yeah. general. Oh, I feel the same way. I feel like I'm trying so hard. Me too. It's just, what am <laughs> I doing? <laughs> I know. It's best not to think about it. I shattered a shot glass at three bikers today. It was amazing. They were sitting at the bar, and I dropped a shot glass onto the liquor well... And it just exploded <laughs> everywhere. God. Yeah. And it was a Glad whole thing. Hurt. Had to, you know, deal with the ice because oh, it was in the ice well. Right. And... The worst. Oh, were they like vroom vroom bikers? Or... Oh, yeah. Big okay. time. Like long gray braids. <laughs> they weren't super nice the guys. Yeah. yeah. No. So they weren't those. Not cyclists. Assholes with penis hats. Those. What? What's the point of the, the bicycle hat? Or is it just, it's just the one <laughs> when flap. When it's pointed upward. Up? What 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 are you doing? You're a grown ass man. That's when they come walking into the restaurant and clunk, we're clunk, like clunk, out in the middle clunk. of nowhere. They come walking in, yeah. in those stupid shoes. Like I know it's a I hobby know. and you're getting way more exercise than I am. Oh sure. And that that should Actually, be a reason. All of it. That how I'm, about this? All of the gear makes sense. It even makes sense to like the strap into the yeah the things. So yeah, you pedal more efficiently, I guess. I even get the like dry fit, tight sure. fitting clothing. But also throw on a sweatshirt and some something when you come into the restaurant because I don't want to see. Yeah, all you don't want to see at all. Yeah, there's the, a them lot cheeks. of cheeks and the nut cheeks sacks. are one thing. Yeah, it's you're the, talking about it's the front, the front end. end. Huh? <laughs> there's a lot going on there. I focused on the least worst part of it. Josh refers to that as a moose knuckle. <laughs> oh God! I don't even know. Does a moose have a knuckle? No. Here's the thing is we know what he means. Yeah. We know what he means. Yeah. It's like camel toe. Right. It's one of the funniest. It's so funny. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a little camel toe. <laughs> but a moose knuckle? <laughs> you totally know what it means. You know what it means. It just works. I think that's a... Is that a Joshism? I don't think I've heard that know. anywhere else. I don't know. My guess is no. He probably got that from his dad. He's his, got a bunch of weird His dad things. has a lot of funny... Yeah. Like, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Moose knuckles and camel toes. (laughs) This Christmas, 
We're going medieval on everyone's asses. Yeah. So not last Christmas. We're doing this Christmas. That's right, Mariah. Thanks, man. Um. Okay, medieval Christmas. I was doing wham, thank you. Oh. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> going to call you Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay, despite medieval Europe's reputation for extreme class division, poor hygiene, devastating illness, and just generally hard living, their calendar actually had plenty of holidays. Is that right? So, you know, they had that going. Um, Each season had at least one major Christian celebration, often based on or incorporated into older pagan traditions. What time period is this again? Fifth to the late 15th century in Europe. Fifth to the late 15th. Yes. Okay. So, so, so that's the four hundreds time period. Yeah, four okay. hundreds to the fourteen hundreds, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. But it spills into the fifteen hundreds ish in a lot of times. Okay. Um. So, uh, but Christmas was the highlight of the medieval year for the rich and poor alike. It was also the longest holiday of the year, stretching from Christmas Eve night, the 24th of December, to the 12th day, Epiphany, on the 6th of January. Midwinter was a major lull in agricultural activity, and as such, many peasants were permitted by their lord to have, not their, you know, god above, but their god below, (laughs) to have the entire two weeks off to rest and celebrate with family. So when I refer to these antics we're about to go into, keep in mind, this is not just one day. This is 12 days straight, and some things happen specifically on certain days, um, sometimes just one time, sometimes daily, and then everything in between. Okay. okay. So what all did they do? <laughs> what did they do back then? Can we start there? What did they do generally? Toiled. Toiled. They uh, Probably a lot of, yeah, I was going to say a lot of praying. Well, I wonder this. I genuinely wonder what, like, societies were like, like communities. For example, take the Los Angeles greater area, right? Mm -hmm. Go back to, like, 1930s, 20s, like, when Walt Disney was first arriving, building his company. Have you seen pictures of that? Yeah. It looks nothing like, it's a paradise. I I always talk about this on the show, how much I wish I could live in SoCal in that time. Right. And in that short amount of time... There's, you know, six lane highways on each side. Uh-huh. There's skyscrapers and traffic that just that build out, the sprawl. What in the F did it look like in the 500s? Well, just huts? LA? Nothing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's crazy. But like what did Europe, genuinely, what did, say, London feel like? It Was probably London? looked a lot like it does now, just smaller buildings. Like, everything was lower and... More mud. But, yeah, it's a lot of the buildings are still there. From that... Yeah, I guess that far back? Huh. 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 Uh. (laughs) That was impressive. Thanks, man. I just held one in. I'm not holding in the next one. (laughs) Because Ash and I are drinking free, gluten-free beers. Free, gluten-free beer. Someone gave them to us, and we're just drinking them, even though we love our gluten Hey, guys, what's gluten? I'm not going to get sidetracked. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) Not by you. Not today. Not by you or anyone. (laughs) Um, So we'll get to the food later. Okay. Because it's a whole thing. But Christmas meals were followed by drinking lots of wine and beer, Mm. um, singing of songs, Mm -hmm. including carols, and group dancing to music from pipes, flutes, lutes, and drums. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, professional acrobats and minstrels performed their tricks and witty verses. God, I so would have been that lute-playing turd <laughs> with one of those hats. Just silly, curled-up feet. Just useless for everyone. Sarah's like, I'm a masonry or something. And Ash is like, oh, yeah, I'm in the military. <laughs> totally do. Totally, totally do. Off with his head. Fucking useless. <laughs> No, you provide merriment. <laughs> <laughs> sure. James the minstrel. 
Um, folk tales were told, embellished, and retold every year. Puppet shows were put on, and people played a whole uh-huh. manner of parlor games that were usually banned during the rest of the year because of their association with excess and wild partying. Yeah, baby. Right, and that's all entertainment was. There was no movie theater. There's no, <laughs> no. rock and no. roll show. There's no Disneyland. It's Music and yeah. games. Lots it's just of games. People entertaining other people. Well, one popular Twelfth Night game was King of the Bean. Ooh. In which a bean was hidden in a cake, and the person who found it was named king or queen of the feast. That honored person would then lord over everyone else, who often had to mimic whatever action the king or queen did at the table. And I'm sure that was wild fun to find a bean in a cake. It's my lucky day. I am the queen of the feast. Uh, I would have just been drunk the entire time. (laughs) Well, they were. Yeah. yeah. No, that's actually a thing. Yeah, they were. Water wasn't really clean. Clean the way it is now. So yeah. <laughs> well, and you'd have to be drunk to be excited about a bean in your cake. There's a whole. Um, you know what, what James would do is that I'm assuming that this would be an uncooked bean. Yeah. And it would have broken your teeth, yep. and they would have fallen oh, out. Well, then I would have died. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the silly loot playing turd would have died at 22. From, from a broken tooth infection. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> okay, continuing with games. If you wanted to get real physical, mm-hmm. there were sports such as feats of strength, archery, wrestling, bowling, and hockey. Hockey? Yep. Like field hockey? I don't know. Must be. Um, sliding around on frozen lakes was uh, a popular okay. activity in winter, too. Maybe there was real hockey. With or without horses towing you. That was a thing. Wow, that's fun. So for my 40th, we're talking about doing a... You know how Aunt Sarah did a canal yeah. boat trip thing through Ireland? Mm-hmm. Well, we're probably going to choose whales because I've been watching these vlogs. And it's <laughs> I just like, pictured... No, wait, like, <laughs> whales. No, the, the country. Like, you mean her greatest fear? Yes. yes. That's what he's yes. choosing for his fortune. Ride whales through canals. Yeah. Whales. Got it. Um, yeah, and it, it looks so, like, there's just no way to describe how, right, Ash? It's like a fairy tale. It looks like Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like storybook canals. And they're, they're really narrow boats. Maybe, I don't know, 10 feet wide. Tops. The, the canal. Mm-hmm. So the boats are even smaller than that. And they're just a long hallway, but it's like an apartment. You know, it's got yeah. a kitchen and a place fun. to stay. And you go like five miles per hour. Well, that would be this coming... Uh, next summer, yeah. Yeah this, yeah, this coming summer. Yeah, yeah. and then we'll probably hop from there to Ireland and just run around. Sweet. Anyway, the reason I brought that up is they used to, before they had motors for these canal boats, they would pull them with big horses. And that's how they like... Just on the side of the canal. Yeah, and that's how they pull traded out. goods through Wales and England and Scotland back then. Wow. Wild. I was picturing horses swimming. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, they used to dive, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Which is bonkers. Um, medieval France also enjoyed a rugby-esque game, mm. which would be played as an annual contest between teams from neighboring villages, and it often ended in serious injuries and sometimes death. Because there were no rules. Right. Merry Christmas. Right. Uh, moving on to Wassel. Yes. Oh. Here, here we come a wassailing. What? <laughs> is, what is, wassail could be anything. Hey, it could James? be a place, it could be a sport, it could be an <laughs> instrument. Wassail is a strong, hot drink consisting of cider or ale, honey, sometimes eggs, and spices served out of a large bowl. You lost me with the eggs. <laughs> Everything else made sense. You've seen the word a billion times. Yeah. Oh, okay. W-A-S-S-A-I-L. Okay. Is that like in songs and stuff? Yes. Yeah, here we come a wassailing. Oh, right. Okay. The host would greet his friends with was hail. I'm not pronouncing this right, which meant be well. And they replied with drink hail or drink and be well. Mm. Wassailing itself as a verb involved going door to door with a wassail bowl in hand, singing songs and bestowing blessings upon the homeowners in exchange for gifts and money and food. Well, that's fun. <laughs> they would offer a... a- a scoop of wassail? Yeah. In exchange for stuff. Hmm. I'm, I'm surprised that diseases were spread so rapidly back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you've got a drink with yeah. eggs in Here's it. Suck on my spoon. <laughs> suck on my spoon. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? 
Another form of wassailing ha- uh, happened at the orchard on the twelfth night, where mm. folks would drink wassail and sing to the good health of the apple orchard for the year to come. I love this idea. So I know you do. They were so bored. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> drunk, drunk and bored. And bored. So the groups typically would elect a wassail king and queen, and then they would wander from orchard to orchard singing songs, banging pots and pans, firing shotguns into the air, and toasting the trees. That is to say, literally what? hanging pieces of toast from the tree branches. What? Wow. So you probably said this. We know the time period. Where geographically are we talking? Europe. Just generally Europe? Yeah, Western Europe. Right. Okay, so can we do that this year? We can. Can we, like, January 6th, let's all get together and toast your orchard. Yeah. Your, uh, My one little your orchard. One tree. <laughs> and over there a little oh, bit. Yeah. With There's, pieces of toast. Yeah. You, <laughs> well, you've got you've got other things we could toast. We could toast your... Yeah. Full um, garden. You know, squash plants and... Yeah. Your yeah. overwintering kale. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll do that. Okay. We're going to have to elect a king and queen. Obviously. And bang on <laughs> pots and the <laughs> James is the queen. The wassail queen. Wassail queen. <laughs> Dexter can be the king. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she'd make that uh, noise. <laughs> it's a, that's an impossibility for her <laughs> to not do that. Yeah. I just yeah. love him so much. <laughs> um, so the loud noises that you were creating were supposed to awaken the trees and frighten off any evil spirits that might cause a poor harvest in the year to come. Well, it makes sense. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, the Feast of the Holy Innocents and the election of the Christmas Bishop. So December 28th is the Feast of the Holy Innocents, also known as Childermas or Childermas. Okay. This holiday commemorates the children who were massacred by King Herod's men in an attempt to wipe out the newborn king of the Jews that the Magi mentioned to Herod. Mm-hmm. So in this game, schoolboys would elect a bishop from among them. Who would then be dressed in a bishop's robes and led to church, where the children would perform a fake mass, including a presumably rambling sermon from the boy bishop. What? After mass, the child bishop leads the children in a procession, receiving money and foods as gifts. Dude, I don't know if... What do you guys think? Does this sound like a fun time to be in, generally, or does it sound like a nightmare? It sounds like a fun time to be in, knowing what I know now. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, I don't know. Right. It'd be a fun, like, time-traveling vacation. Totally. As long as you had all your shots and you have, like, <laughs> a water purifier. And everything else. You're leaving out so many things <laughs> that make life comfortable. Electricity. <laughs> Central plumbing, Tampons. I'm, shoes. I'm just saying a, a quick, quick getaway. They, they, they don't, though. They have stupid leather-wrapped sheep. You know what I mean? Cheap what, what gullets. Are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. So, in another version of that game, from this one from Denmark, a young man is co- is consecrated as a bishop. His peers paint him with blackface ah. and put a stick with candles on it into his mouth. Okay. He would then perform a bunch of fake weddings in a funny voice in exchange for gifts. What? If the gifts offered weren't good enough, the Christmas bishop would hit the fake married couples with a bag of ashes that he kept hidden <laughs> under his cloak. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, man. I mean, this seems. Are we sure that Wasale didn't also have like meth in yeah, it? Yeah, I'm just thinking <laughs> LSD. Yeah. You know what I'm picturing? You, okay, you know Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. We've yeah. all seen it with Kevin Costner. You know the little like helper guy to the king i don't know if he's like a religious man or something but he has that thing that they used to wear back then it's like it's just like a piece of fabric on his head yeah. with like the two <laughs> yeah the two strands go down the side that's all i'm picturing just assholes wearing that little thing what is the point of that thing it's not a hat for the sun there's no brim it's just it's just there just there i'm he, sure it has something to do with like Sort of like how a yarmulke is worn because mm-hmm. it's like a... Reminds you of God over your head, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Oh, good call, sir. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, and then there's also the Feast of Fools or... Um, well, we'll get to that later. But uh, And then there's also the Lord of Misrule. It's elected during the Feast of Fools. The Feast yes. of Fools is on January 1st. 
It all seems so pranky and zany back it's then. It's zany as yeah, hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this feast was a holdover from the pagan Roman festival of Saturnalia. At this feast, an annual leader would be elected, known as the Lord of Misrule, who would preside over bands of masked merrymakers getting drunk and parading through the town in elaborate costumes. This would also be James, I think. Yeah. Is Santa a part of this world yet? Um, no. Not at all. Not right? really. That's interesting. It's, no. I always assumed that, like, the the ancient version of Christmas... Which comes from what? Like the winter solstice kind of Yule, yeah. vaguely Yule thing. There's no like, yeah, I guess because it's a, it's a Christian holiday. Let's put it this way. So it would have to be at least He after. didn't come up at all. Interesting. You know, not even St. Nicholas. But, so, but hmm. the birth of Jesus is part of this or no? Yes. Okay. Even if, so it is. Even if it's an old Roman tradition, they yeah. make it fit into... The birth of Christ. Yeah. In some way. Okay. Christmas was seen as a topsy-turvy time when (laughs) fools were kings and kings were fools. Anything could happen. The Lord of Misrule could demand that anyone do anything. The priests might get blasted, sing dirty songs, and get rowdy. Well, back up. The priests might get blasted? Yeah. What does that mean? Drunk as as all get out. Okay. Let's think of different things. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're going to get rowdy. Got it. All right. The the townsfolk could eat at the altar in the church, dance and sing. Sometimes the nobility had to hire guards for protection on that day. Like it's uh, the purge. The purge, totally. Sweet. Um, So sometimes this feast was also called the Feast of the Circumcision. Huh? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That that could be so many things. circumcision should not be in the same sentence. It's something about Jesus' naming and circumcision... I don't know. It's a thing. That could. I mean, if I were just to tell you, hey, what do you picture when I say feast of the circumcision? <laughs> yeah. I picture two things. I picture <laughs> either we're having a feast to celebrate one circumcision. Yes. Or we're having a feast from the little part that we cut off the foreskin the of an infant. The foreskins of an infant. <laughs> It's a delicate little treat. We all take a little slice. A little calamari guy. Oh, my God. Cook up some noodles. Put it in some butter. So, <laughs> so minor clergy, such as subdeacons, would wear their clothes inside out and drag a donkey into the church. Dad Mac will make you want to. Jump, yeah. jump. Cool. <laughs> Once they reached the altar, they would burn old shoes like incense and what? enjoy a feast of sausages and wine while making donkey noises. <laughs> Everything Yeehaw. sounds so smelly and drunk and weird back then. <laughs> it's like a yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Imagine doing that today, Sarah. I do. We're love gonna a burn donkey, a bunch though. of old shoes. We're gonna drink till we're blue in the face and make donkey sounds. <laughs> I mean, it. It sounds fun. It to sounds you. fun. It does kind of sound. Yeah, <laughs> The two of you would love that kind of shit. Bring all your old shoes. Yeah. We're having a feast of the circumcision. (laughs) (laughs) So in the darkest nights from Christmas Eve through the 12th night, young men in the northern parts of Europe would go out in the middle of the night, scaring people in the streets or in their farms. They would be wearing frightening masks and would be, quote, disguised according to the old fashion of the devil. Ah. Very Halloween-y. Yes. So during these long dark nights, the Yule Mummers, which Mummers <laughs> is akin to like pantomimes. Okay. So that's, they're called Mummers and they go mumming. James is okay. holding back all kinds of comments yep. right now. <laughs> they would try to scare people by pretending to act like ghosts, trolls, or other strange creatures, demanding food and drink from their neighbors, basically trick or treating. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ringleader of this group would be a young man dressed as a goat. Called the Yule Goat, in a costume created from real goat skins, complete with snapping jaws. Oh my god! Ew! Frightening! Frightening! And it's just too bad there were no photographs from this time. Dude, mm-hmm. I, I think about that all the time. I want to see that. I want to see what that looked like. I know the that's first a horror show. First photographs are like mid eighteen hundreds, like very rudimentary. Now, we're not even talking like, you know, where the big bulbs in the press and like right. those. 
No, like re- you had to stand still for 27 like minutes. Tin type. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So anything prior to that was either written knowledge. Or a painting or, or something. painting, yeah. right. Uh, moving on to carols. So these days when we say carols, we think of Christmas songs, particularly ones with religious subtext. But in medieval times, it signified a specific form of song, specifically a dance that Ah. featured singing in which the leader sang the verses and a circle of dancers replied with the chorus around them. Right. So these carols weren't typically about Christmas or even religious. In fact, they gained a reputation for being somewhat salacious. And rather than trying to ban it outright, the church slowly transformed the custom into focusing on religious songs and a more modern presentation. Okay. Uh, But that took a long time. So additional entertainment included monks touring and performing plays in private residences, which told key episodes from the Bible, especially seasonal topics like the Massacre of the Innocents by Herod. Similarly, in cities... Medieval guilds put on public pageants where wagons went through the streets carrying people dressed as key figures from the Bible. Troops of masked pantomime artists known as mummers went through the streets, too, accompanied by bands of musicians. Mummers. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And this brings us to the Yule Log. Ah, the old Yule Log, huh? Yeah. Can't wait. The origins of the Yule Log. Just go, go ahead and do it now. Are you talking about crucifixion? Yeah. Not. I, wasn't, I have a log. I mean, I have a. Not that I have a log. Not I mean, I have a log, but not the sense that you think I said it. Said I think I. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, my name's Mary." Well, that's my name. No yeah. shit. No shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> okay, so the Look, origins. Russ, you can't see the lines. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, total scumbag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Clark Griswold yeah. is a n- immoral man. Yeah, He's talking to Mary about yeah. his dead wife. That's not dead. But not he's dead. He's lying. And then so. he, but then he says, no, no, she's not dead. Right. We're divorced. Then he li- yeah. Two lies in a row. Ew. So he can look at her underwear. Yeah. And she's there in the store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not so is his kid. In the first vacation where he goes swimming with a naked woman. Yeah, that's right. What? But she's not really there, or is she? She's there. No, she's, she's there, there in, right. in vacation. In yeah. Chris' vacation, he imagines yes. the shop girl in the backyard in the pool party. <laughs> That's not happening. And then Uncle Eddie ruins his... Right. Santa Claus. See? No, yeah. No, it's the girl. Well, That's what it is. But the, he's like on the diving board. In yes. his, oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. In his uh Yes. His wife beaters tucked into his Speedo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With a snorkel. And... <laughs> Stupid hat. Okay, Yule Log. Um, It goes back to pre-Christian Germanic celebration of Yule, a festival celebrated by Northern Europeans, such as the Vikings and Druids, to commemorate the winter solstice and to welcome in the lengthening of days during the winter. So that's, Yule is like the year, basically? Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Another another time around the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. The Yule, I-U-L, pronounced Yule, or Wheel, which is where the that comes from. It's a wheel. How's it spelled? I U L. Ah. Um, celebrates the annual and seasonal turning of the wheel. Each year, the Druids chose a huge log for Yule, representing the coming year. The priests blessed it and kept it burning for twelve days continuously. On the last day, they saved part of it to light the next Yule log for the following year. Kind of like a. Like oh. a Olympic torch scenario. Okay. Oh, cute. Um, so this is not medieval. This is before that, clearly. Uh, and the Vikings would carve runes into the Yule log, representing unwanted traits, such as ill fortune or, or poor honor, that mm. they wanted the gods to take away from them so they would burn them. Um, so that was incorporated into Christian... Um, stuff. Stuff. So one of the common medieval practices was the procurement of the Yule log, a stout and hardy oak log, typically, that would burn for a good long time. Mm. Uh, and this process would be a family thing with everyone heading out into the woods to find the best log possible. Kind of like going to get your Christmas tree. How do you burn a log for 12 straight days? It's got to be a big old log. I mean. Yeah, it's got to be a huge log. What do they just have like one candle underneath it? It's just I don't know because because it, once it's inflamed, it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be flames and it's gonna consume the log. And and to me, I picture 
two dwellings for people and two dwellings only okay <laughs> there's either a castle or a, a mud h- hut that's it <laughs> and the castle's got a fireplace the size of this house so it's like yeah that makes sense you put a big ass log in there and it burns forever right or it's the mud hut where they don't have that so what are we talking about are they just burning a log outside yeah potentially yeah so much of christmas is based on finding dead wood you know (laughs) (laughs) we still creating dead wood yeah yeah wreaths trees (laughs) it's like that olaf song where he talks about, yeah. like, he realizes you, cri- you what Christmas is. You bring a tree inside and you decorate corpse. its corpse. Yeah, you decorate its corpse. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so, over time, the superstition developed around the log, including that the log must catch fire on the first attempt. Oh. And that the ashes of each year's log must be saved to be used in the following year's ceremony. And what happens if it doesn't catch fire in the first attempt, which it clearly won't because this is Western Europe where it's wet all the time. You You, go straight to hell. You have to Uh, live like a medieval peasant. I don't know. Which they were anyway. Yep. Um, And the log must burn continuously throughout the 12 days of Christmas. Right. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. A lot of work for log stuff. I don't know what you get from that. Well, I know what you get a log from. You get a log from a tree. Trees were important symbols for all pagan cultures. Mm. Evergreens, that was a segue. Evergreens in particular symbolized the promised return of life in the spring and came to symbolize the eternal life for Christians. Uh, The Vikings hung fir and ash trees with war trophies for good luck. I just love that idea. mm -hmm. Just pillaging, like, you know, raped and murdered women's stuff and they're just, like, dangling it from their Christmas tree. (laughs) Um, in the Middle Ages, the church would decorate trees, which were kept outdoors, with apples on Christmas Eve, which they called Adam and Eve Day. Uh. In 16th century Germany, residents found a fir tree each year, cut it down, and decorated it with paper flowers before carrying it through the streets to the town square on Christmas Eve. They enjoyed a huge feast, danced around the tree, and then burned it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Like I said. (laughs) Okay, gifting. Gift giving at Christmas Ah, was temporarily banned by the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages due to its suspected pagan origins. What? Let them have some fun. They won't. Not ever. No fun. Sheesh. Uh, But over time, the season became a time for excess and abundance, and gifting became popular again amongst the wealthy, at least. Um, in the aristocracy, Christmas gifts such as fine clothes and jewelry were exchanged on the 25th of December. There was another round of gift giving on New Year's Day known as first gifts. Can you imagine what kind of gifts they were given back then? Yeah. <laughs> like really just try to think about that. Here's a log. Even, you know, <laughs> Save that, it for next that, year. Old, that old like expression or, or concept that even the wealthiest per- person, we'll say in the year 1000, Still had it way worse than, like, the poorest person in America. hmm <laughs> Like, significantly more, less comfortable. Like, what were these gifts? You know? I don't know. Handmade jewelry things? Jewelry and clothing. Jewelry from where? There's no jewelry store. There's just some guy that found... You know what I mean? What Jared? Rocks. Yeah, rocks. Was this Jared? It was Jared. <laughs> yeah. He went to Jared. Yeah. Okay, now for food. It's what mm. we've all been waiting for. Yummy. Um, in medieval Europe, the winter season meant that crops had been harvested, animals had been slaughtered, and all of the stuff that wouldn't survive the whole winter, uh, now is the time to eat it. Ah, so a sure. commonly quoted example of Yuletide excess came in 1213 at the table of England's King John, who ordered for his table the following. Oh my God. 24 hogshead of wine. Hogshead is a large barrel. Okay. So I had to far, look it up. So far, we're doing all right. 24 hogshead of wine. 200 pork heads. Nope. You lost me already. <laughs> okay. 1,000 hens. 500 pounds of wax for burning, not for eating. 50 pounds of pepper. Two, two pounds of saffron. Uh, 100 pounds of almonds and one, no, sorry, 10,000 salt eels. Oh my <laughs> God. How big is this table? How many people are eating? Remember what I said earlier? 
<laughs> yeah. The average low lower class person in America can go get a McDonald's meal. And that is significantly more interesting <laughs> than what you just listed off. Hey, you don't know what a salt deal tastes like. I don't. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, the World History Encyclopedia explains that the number one most popular Christmas pastime in those days, obviously, was getting drunk. <laughs> right. In fact, people were known to get so drunk and rowdy that it is well attested that lords would again hire special guards just for the Christmas season in case of alcohol-fueled riots. Hell yeah. Dude, there's a whole uh, study on... So, like, we were just talking about how water was really hard to make drinkable and potable. Uh Well, that's why everyone drank. Even, like, children were given cider, hard cider in the morning. So everyone was kind of drunk. And you have to remember that most people weren't doing, like, refined jobs like today, operating machinery and stuff. It was all, like, manual labor, farming. So you could kind of be silly and drunk all the time. And then at the advent of tea and coffee, that there's a theory that that's when, like, the Enlightenment happened. That's when, <laughs> seriously, like, when people started inventing more. Right. And, like, mathematics and science because people didn't have to drink all the time. They could have coffee and tea instead. And and it could also make like night shifts happen and stuff. And people were awake and alert and high on <laughs> caffeine. And That's it changed funny. it changed the world forever. It's pretty crazy. Thank you, coffee. Thank God for coffee. So where did they feast? Um, at least for the aristocracy, the Christmas meal, which was served as an early lunch, was usually held in the great hall of a castle or manor adorned with festive garlands of holly, ivy, and at least one roaring fire. The tables were set with the usual knives, spoons, and a thick slab of one-day-old bread to be used as the plate for the meat. Okay, I can support that. That's a great idea. The bread was the plate for the meat? It was like an edible plate that soaked up the meat juices. I kind of like that. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's still kind of gross. Right? It's kind of still yeah. medieval, and especially weird. when you're talking about meat juices. But who? Yeah, this is something I've always wondered. Who gets to go to these big halls and these castle things? Rich you're talking people. About? That's my point. <laughs> what did the peasant? I want to know what they did. Well, we'll get She's there. Getting there. Okay. Christmas diners were also treated to the luxury of a change of tablecloth after each course. <laughs> Height of luxury. <laughs> Two diners um, would share a bowl for washing hands. Yeah. Um, everything except liquids was eaten with the fingers. So two people, there'd be a bowl in the middle for them to wash their hands in the middle of courses. With water. With water. To rinse their hands. Mm -hmm. wet their fingertips. Um, they would also share another bowl for soups and stews and a small bowl of salt. Awesome. Um, they'd share more (laughs) things, but we'll get there later. Um, so then the star of the show was a whole cooked boar's, boar's head. (sighs) <sighs> decorated and brought in accompanied by song dance and ceremony what's with the the heads back then you gotta eat it i don't know or any time for that matter i think it's just impressive yeah it's just a symbol it's yeah like it's the trophy it's the right the wealth or something mm. and the tradition started with a genuine wild boar's head but by the late middle ages it was usually replaced by a wooden effigy um, wild boars having been hunted to extinction in England. Uh-huh. Yeah. So sometimes they just use a regular pig's head, or if you're really a baller, you would get a real boar imported from continental Europe. Dang. Wow. Now, are we talking wild boar? Wild boar. Because wild boar, from what I know about wild boar, it's not very good. <laughs> like, yeah. like, maybe it was great back then because I had nothing to compare it's it to. probably still better than salt eel. Oh, anything should be better than salt eel. <laughs> have you ever had eel? Yeah. But just because. I mean, I yeah. have, but I right. don't. It's no. not no. something I ever need to eat again. No, because there's sandwiches and normal <laughs> food. Well, talking about sandwiches, let's let's change to roasted birds of many kinds. Of okay. many a feather. The most popular main course was goose. But basically, you can just think of a meat, and it was probably also served there if they right. had it. Um, turkey was first brought to Europe in from the Americas around 1520. And because it was inexpensive and quick to fatten, it really quickly rose in popularity as a Christmas feast food. But of course, this is after the, the main medieval period. Right. right. 
Right, right, right. If turkey isn't really your thing, you might instead serve a roast peacock. Okay. That's a big bird. Huh. I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, well, you wear the feathers in a fun, festive way? Here's what you do. So you kill the bird. And then after you kill the bird, the cook skins it with the feathers intact. Mm-hmm. And then you put the bird without its skin and feathers, uh-huh. roast it. Right. And then when you bring the bird back out to serve it, they wrap the skin and feathers around it again as a decoration. Horrifying. Oh, my God. Dude. Ugh. Um, there's also humble pie or umble pie. Ah. Which was made from the humbles of a deer, which are the heart, liver, brains, and entrails. Okay. I mean... I get not wasting everything, but we're talking about a Christmas dinner, right? Yeah. Why can't you just do the humble, meat? I didn't know humble pie was th- that. Yep, Me it is. Me neither. Um, so while the lords and ladies would eat the choiciest cuts of the meat, the servants baked the humbles into a pie for their meals. Aha. So they get the remnants. Uh, okay, that makes a little more sense. Then there's mince pies made with shredded or minced meat. Um, They were baked into oblong casings to represent Jesus's crib. Well, yeah. Sausage style crib. That part adds up. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, And don't you dare forget to add the three spices, cinnamon, cloves, and nutmeg, which symbolize the three gifts given to the baby Jesus by the Magi. Ah. Is that why cinnamon is such a thing in Christmas? I don't know. It's also just good. But it's like Christmassy. It totally is. Mm-hmm. Those three are yeah specifically together are very Christmas. And it comes from the Bible, I, I would assume, the story. Apparently. I don't think those spices have anything to do with the Bible, but it sounds like they use those spices to represent frankincense, frankincense and myrrh. So we grew up Christian. Do you remember the story of like Christmas night and the three wise men and yeah. the baby? I don't. Oh. I mean, not really. <laughs> I kind of get it, but I don't really remember it. I mean, it's... Like, can you explain a nativity scene to me? Yes. Could you? Yeah. Well, take your best shot then. Well, so Mary, who's yeah. a 14-year-old virgin... Right. ...is traveling with Joseph. Okay. Who is Joseph again to her? That's her husband. That's right. But not the father of Jesus. But no. I don't know that they were married. No, yet. that's the thing. So I don't remember. That's the part I don't remember. So she's Why is with he Joseph. The... Okay, they're together. That's all and we know. And they are out. King Herod has ordered, he's heard that there is going to be the birth of the right. Christ child, and yeah. he orders all of the children to be murdered. So they're trying to escape it. Which is a reasonable response. Right. If you think about Obviously, it. Obviously, every boy child must die. <sighs> Jesus. Um, so they they get out of town, yeah, and they end up at a an inn, in and Bethlehem. there's quote no room at the inn, right? right? And but they have some space in the stable, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she gives birth to baby Jesus in the stable without ever having sex, right? With animals everywhere, mm-hmm. and the three wise men see the star. Who are the three wise men? Well, they're three kings that are. You know what I mean? Why are there three kings? Well, they're going to see Jesus. From they're going what? to see the baby. And the, to bring him gifts. Are there kings from because separate what lands? what better thing to give an infant than frankincense, <laughs> myrrh, and some gold? A baby who's freezing in a stable surrounded by barnyard animals. No, is this just like different words for things back then? Or is three kings, they're like three landlords? I think are they kings. like they were supposed to be kings. Yes. From where? places I mean, different places and i don't think they're traveling together you got to compare it to today think... for this to really make sense that's why i'm like i get oh, no, it it doesn't i'm not saying it does i'm just got saying it. i know the story right and i know the story the way that i know it it's probably inaccurate that but... was pretty good though but that was, that's, that's basically the nativity done. scene represents that the baby is being born in a stable right and is surrounded by These animals people. and people who are there to help out and to witness the exactly and then the the three uh, wise guys show up with their gifts and that's right. what mom always called them was the wise guys three mm-hmm. wise guys <laughs> i love that they still have the the wise men from the nativity scene that they have 
move through the house. Yeah, it is a great tradition. I don't tradition. think mom and dad do that, but grandma and papa did. And I think Sarah still does it. Yeah, I don't Aunt think mom Sarah. and dad do it. And that makes me sad. Yeah. Hey, get on that, Jim so and So they, they move hmm. closer and closer to the nativity scene from somewhere in the house. We used to do that growing up. Our mo- I think mom did it. Maybe. Anyway. Um, so, mince pies. The pies were not very large, <laughs> and it was considered lucky Sarah to and I eat. just do our own podcast I, at times. I just wait just... for a nice break, and then I pop back in. Yep. Yeah. He asked me a I asked. crazy question, yeah. and I went with it. As you do. I okay. like it. So, it. it was considered lucky to eat one mince pie on each of the 12 days of Christmas. Okay. It's kind of like a sacrament, I would think, in that way, because it's got the, the three spices in it. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so then there's dessert. Dessert consisted of thick fruit custards. Okay. Something about that thick. makes me unhappy. Yeah, it should. Pastries, nuts, cheese, and luxury fruits like oranges, figs, and dates. Okay. Um, obviously, to drink, there was red and white wine from a cup shared with one's dining partner. So you've got your bowl More of water, you got your bowl of soup, you got your <laughs> cup that you're all sharing. What could possibly go wrong? Yep. Um, cider and ale if you're a lower class, or a jug of spiced wine. And finally, after all of the feast is over, the leftovers were taken outside to the waiting poor. Oh, my God. And that's what they would eat. Merry Christmas, poor people. Which is the majority of people. Right. We should keep that in mind. Yes. You know what's interesting? Before we move on, Ash, something I think about a lot when you're like, you listed off the desserts and it's like specialty exotic fruits and stuff. You know, it's funny to think of like an orange today being a big deal, but I, I, I am somewhat envious of the past for that reason. Yes. Like Little Women, when she like grabs yeah. the orange, she's like, oh, oh it's so good because you, it's so rare. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, we it's just have like, so much of everything. Nothing means anything. It's anymore. like you with the pianist when he finds the, when he gets given the jam. Yeah, yes. that's right. <laughs> yep. And I go find saltines and spread. Smuckers. <laughs> Smuckers grape jelly. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> well, that was the end of that. Um, my sources were medievalist.net, ThoughtCo, World History Encyclopedia, Historic UK, WorldHistory.com, and Grunge.com. Nice. Sweet. Me- medievalist.net, you say? Medievalists.net. Well, that's, that seems like one of the sources that you should be getting. I did. From. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> that was so fun. I loved it. I love it. I really am interested in you know, how human beings did things back then. It's pretty wild to think about. And I don't know how they did anything. I just don't know how they did anything. Yeah, we've become pretty God. useless as humans. So useless. We don't know what to, we don't know how oh. to do anything. Nothing. Yeah, n- nothing. I wouldn't know how to, I don't know. Anything. Cook and display a peacock. Oh, yeah. St- my, Stefan and I, my, my, my friend Stefan I grew up with, we talk about this all the time. Like, when does when do you become a man? And when is how do, how does our why do our fathers know so much? How does that happen? Necessity. <laughs> we are useless people. It's just time. But especially me and my dipshit friends, we are just the worst. You just, were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm you capable in other ways. I don't know. I just I can't do anything. I was waiting to see Ashley's reaction to oh, that. Oh no, Ashley she just didn't say anything. She fixes one hundred percent of things around the house. Yeah. Yes. The the sink that you knew was mm-hmm. leaking. Who do you think fixed it? You think it was me? No. 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 Again, I, my guess loot player. Loot is you player. Stood by, <laughs> drinking your iced coffee. No, he wasn't even here. I just oh. didn't. Yeah. You left. I went to Home Depot, helped buy it, and uh-huh. then I left. I gotcha. To be fair, I did go to Toyota to deal with the tire that I didn't fix. <laughs> Someone else fixed it. I needed some men to fix it for me. <laughs> well, uh, just, I'm gonna move in. shall do some picks we real quick? do some media picks? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Shall. Um, I will start. I would like to recommend the HBO series His Dark Materials. Ooh, I yeah, have you been going about hard that. on that show. It's so great. I definitely want to check that out. Um, and I didn't even know that it was from 
a, a book series that yeah, Ash has read. So that's like uh, Gold, the Golden Compass. Compass. Yeah. yeah, Philip Pullman. So I read... Philip Pullman? Yeah. I've definitely read that one and maybe one other. Yeah, you read... It's the Golden Compass, the Amber Spyglass, and the something, the Subtle Knife or something like that. that. Yeah, I was going to say the one, the knife one. Mm-hmm. I okay. read those two. Okay. It's great. Well, the, the knife one's the third one, I think. Oh. Then maybe I don't know I, what I'm talking know. about. Either way, I read two out you of three. You read two out of three. And I loved it. It was really, really cool. It's super cool. well done. And Isn't there a movie, too? Yeah, I remember that's not good. That's the one with the cool oh, kitman. it's not good. Right. I haven't seen it, but Okay, I so the series, HBO, you're liking it. Yeah, it's awesome. so good on HBO. Amazing. Yeah. I'll check it out. Okay, my pick. Again, I'm like Quentin Tarantino. I tell stories backwards. The author is Dick Nunes, and the book is Walt's Apprentice, Keeping the Disney Dream Alive. Our father... Yes. Recommended this book, and I'm borrowing it from him, and I just can't put it down. It is so good, and they're like like four to five page chapters, just Excellent. really bite-sizable. I want it next. And he's got these like um, lessons learned at the end of each chapter. Uh-huh. So uh, Dick Nunes started um, with the Disney company from the beginning of Disneyland. He okay. was the original staff to work on opening the park. Um, I think he's still alive. He must be like old, old, like 90. Yeah. Because he was like right out of college when he got the job at Disney. Um, he had an entirely different career path. He was an athlete. He was a football player in high school and college. I believe he played at USC. Okay. And then he went on to be, he wanted to become a coach, like a football coach. He got hurt, didn't work out, but it led him to a different path. He got hired by Walt Disney Company. And he just worked his way up to the company to being one of the top execs. And he was very close to Walt Disney right up until his death. And it is just fascinating. Like, this book is giving me so many ideas for the podcast, too. Oh, okay. For when I just want to talk about him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just so many interesting. Like, the we've all heard about opening day. Uh-huh. But, like, what it took to actually get to opening day. And how different that land was back then. Anyway, I don't want to ruin it because we, we also want to cover a few of these things on the show. So I won't talk about it in too much depth. But anyway, the book is amazing. If you're a Disney fan or if you just want to hear how something big like the Walt Disney Company of the Disney Parks happened, I recommend the book. And what's the book's title again? Walt's Apprentice, Keeping the Disney Dream Alive. Okay. And so it's written by Dick Nunes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And when did it come out? Do you know? Um, I think in modern times, like recently. I will uh, get back to you. I don't know. Okay. Doesn't matter. Soon. I can yeah, find yeah, out. I think pretty recently. Cool. I just found this Animal Hero of the Week by looking up Donkey Animal Hero because yes. I wanted there to be a donkey. Yeah. Because of the donkey from earlier in the story. Yeah. This one comes from faithpot.com. And it says, adorable donkey thinks he's a dog and makes everyone Aww. fall in love with him. <laughs> oh, I love a nice donkey. Me too. They're so cute. Uh, this adorable donkey is so special as he thinks he's a dog and plays like a pet in the house. Mm. Tiny Tom is a character and keeps everyone on their toes. Mm. Watching his uncommon naughtiness and cuteness will make us laugh like anything. Mm. So this this baby donkey didn't have a great beginning, but was fortunate enough to reach a safe hand. He was in a barn where his family found him and was tiny like a doll. At first, his mom thought that he was actually a bunny rabbit. Oh, that's little. But once they get closer, they realize that it was a donkey. (laughs) Initially, the baby donkey had some liver problems and was in critical situation. He was born underweight at just 10 pounds. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Yeah, but his mother gave him intensive nursing care. He was fed with milk and syringes and started to gain weight. He has fully recovered he's a happy thriving donkey um and uh, here he is laying in a patch of sun oh i love him oh my god <laughs> so cute is he wearing a little like harness yeah yeah because he's a, it's like a dog oh that is a sweet little tiny donkey tiny tom i'm telling you i love a nice donkey yeah a nice fresh donkey they're yep. so cute what a dude what a dude well, I think we did it. We entertained the masses one more time. Sure did. Hit it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. See, See you, you real soon. soon. Hee-haw. Hee-haw. Hee-haw.
You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WR Hatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week.